For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Garoppolo. Thrown down. Brian Burns gets there. Spider-Man. What a pass rush by Burns. See how quickly he got to the edge and got This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast. Here on the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. Sorry about that. Uh, Instagram tab was up because we're now live on Instagram due to... uh... Streaming are doing some I got all kinds of nonsense going on today. Welcome to the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by Sports Illustrated beat writer Skylar Callahan and the Panthers all-time leading rusher, Jonathan Stewart. It is open mailbag. I'm sure you guys have plenty that you want to talk about uh, after this uh, game from last week. The Jacksonville Jaguars defeat the Carolina Panthers 26-0. to It wasn't even that close, to be honest. Uh, probably the worst offensive outing. Maybe defense might be the worst outing period for the Panthers this entire year. We'll we'll kind of get into what we can with the box score with that. We all know why you're here. Um, the whole Teppergate, David Tepper throwing a drink on a player, I mean on a uh, Jaguars fan caught uh from his booth on social media on a video uh late Sunday afternoon. We'll get into that. Ramifications from it, if any. So if, as of this uh as of this time at 10 22 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Ju- uh January 2nd, no word from the NFL. And no word from uh, the Panthers regarding this uh, also. So we'll kind of figure – we'll try to find out why. Um, why has there been nothing mentioned about this? And uh, we were supposed to do the trial of Scott Fitter today, and so we'll kind of get into that as well uh, in terms of uh, what he has done in terms of being responsible for this. If he is at all, uh, he may not be that all responsible for it, and maybe some of the things we just saw on Sunday kind of prove that. So we'll get into all that and more. Again, it's open mailbag. Of course, tell them why you're mad. The Panthers are two and fourteen right now. So with one game to go against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this Sunday, it's flex. So we don't have a time uh, at the moment. It could be a one o'clock start or a four o'clock start, or maybe the NFL just says, you know what, you guys only need to play that one. Just don't even. <laughs> you know, you're good. Just just stay at the house. You're good. Um, we'll find all out and more. Before we get into anything else, let's get into uh, our sponsors over at Bet Online. All the major sports are in action this week with the college football playoffs ready to kick off. BetOnline is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info, including news for pro football, the NBA, upcoming fights, and NHL games this season. Head to the website today to get into the action and see all the updated odds for the week. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. And typically, we usually start with the box score, um, but again, the Panthers... Didn't really have a whole lot to uh, hang their hat on here in this game. We'll just uh, mosey through it real quick, and we'll get your you guys' thoughts on what you saw. Uh, Travis Etienne scored twice. The Jaguars ended a four-game skid. 
with a 26 to nothing shutout of the Woeful Panthers. Um, Stu, let's start with you. Um, what was that on uh, on Sunday? Is this just is this a team that's just gotten to the end of the year, or was it just a buzzsaw they ran into? It? What uh, what's his name? Trevor Lawrence didn't even play. <laughs> so like, what what happened on Sunday? Man, you know, <clears throat> when you're two and what fourteen, two two and fourteen. Um, you know, you can only hope for the best. And I think going into that game, coming off last week, feeling kind of hopeful, you know, being able to score points. Um, you know, you you go into Jackson Jacksonville, um, but you're playing against a team that actually has something to play for. You know what I'm saying? So. Um, I think that's obviously the difference. You know, you have a team that um, is in playoff contention um, and they're not about to lose to the other cat, basically, right? Yeah. You know, um, no pun intended. Panthers versus Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think, you know, there's a lot of negative. A lot of negatives. There's been nothing but negatives this year um, for the Panthers with hints of positives. But I'm just glad that our boy Bryce Young got a, got out of there unscathed. Um, yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's a positive to see how tough he is. Um, and, you know, there's really nothing else to say. <laughs> I really wish I, I can I can de- I can beat this like a you know a dead horse. I wish we would have ran the ball more. You know, Chuba Hubbard ran what four point five yards per carry. Uh, so, Eleven carries, forty five yards. Yep, Chuba Hubbard. So uh, why aren't we you know just let him tote the bag? But you know, it was it, nine it, to it, zero it, at it, half. Yeah, it wasn't like they were like yeah, it wasn't away. it wasn't out of reach and whatnot. Um, you know, just stay the course of, of what you know. Um, you're you're on the road, running the ball is your your best friend when you're on when you're on the road, especially this late to the season against a team that is in playoff contention. So they're gonna do everything they can to win. I can guarantee you that. So if you're gonna put a product on the field, put one that you know is worth watching and um gives the players an opportunity to be in position to execute to the best of their ability. Skylar, what did you see on Sunday? Like what, what, uh, <laughs> like, look, I, I told this story on Facebook. Uh, I waited till halftime. I need to run out to, uh, to Harris Teeter to grab some stuff. And I was like, oh, I'll wait till after the game. But the way the game was going, I was like, oh, I'll be okay. So I, I left at halftime, went to Harris Teeter, picked up a couple things, grabbed a pizza, Came back. My Harris Teeter's only five minutes from my house. I came back to the house, realized I'd left my phone in a buggy somewhere or just somewhere, little season, wherever I left it. So I was freaking out. So I made it all the way back to the house, turned around, went back to the two spots that I was trying to get, you know, stuff from. Uh, the pizza place didn't have it. Harris Teeter didn't have it. I come back to the house a second time. As soon as I walk through the door, my wife is on the phone. It's like, hey, Harris Teeter just found your phone. So I have to go back to Harris Teeter a third time, get my phone. I come back into the house. The Carolina Panthers have had two first downs <laughs> in that entire time that I was gone back and forth having to deal with all this stuff with my phone. They had seven, I think, total for the game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, yeah what, what were your thoughts on this, man? Um, 
Yeah. They had, a, they had a stretch of three and outs, too. I think it was like six three and outs or so after that first drive where they actually moved the ball. It was like a 15-play drive, and then because of the field goal situation with Eddie Panera, they, they had to go for it on fourth and seven. But here's, here's kind of what I took away from it is regardless of the success they had a week ago on Christmas Eve, I think the moment you start to revert back to – your old habits or the, the, the second you start doubting yourself and you've had weeks of ineptitude on that side of the ball, you're just going to go back right into your old stuff. And you're, and it's hard to dig out of that. And I think with Bryce, it's not really all on him as we've said all year, but it, the offensive line was horrendous in this game, man. Like the left side of that line, Icky Akronu. <laughs> we didn't wow. talk. Yeah, we need to have a talk we about Icky. Got to have a conversation about Icky in that left guard spot. I mean, it's been rotating all year round, but and and I think something everyone's forgetting is Brady Christensen not playing this year outside of the first game. Does he make that big of a difference? And and that's a big question too, because like for a guy that didn't play all year, you know you have to go into next off season upgrading the offensive line. And we talked about this, I think, last week. Who are you upgrading? Because you invested a first-round pick in Iki Aquanu. You invested a three-year contract in Bradley Bozeman. Taylor Moten's not going anywhere. And Austin Corbett's on a multi-year deal, but he's been injured. So maybe you try to move off of Corbett. Like, where are these pieces coming? So I almost feel bad for Brady because he didn't have a chance to show himself this year. And now he may just be the automatic guy that they just try to upgrade at left guard. So I, I don't really know, but... You I will say this. Him? You don't think they might switch Christian to, to left tackle, which he played I, in college, and they, move Icky inside? They could, and I, I wrote about it yesterday about moving Icky inside. I think if there's a guy there that's a proven commodity that you can go and get and you feel good about and you know 100% he's going to be an upgrade over Icky, you're bringing him in. But if there's no clear-cut answer and you have to spend an ungodly amount of money to do it, you just – go forward with Icky for one more year and that be his make it or break it year as a left tackle. I don't I think, think it's ideal. <clears throat> I think you're selling yourself short if you're not going into this offseason with the mindset, the offensive line, the offensive line, the offensive line. Everything and not just line. and not just finding the players, finding the right system. You're Find right. the right system for this offensive line that can protect and do the things necessary to get Bryce Young a fighting chance because that's what we've seen all throughout this year. The inconsistencies have been at the offensive line. And to, you know, not making excuses, when you do have injuries, when you do have coaching changes, when you do have system changes, I mean, some of these guys have been through, th- you know, three different systems. Taylor Moten's been through, how, I don't know how many systems he's been through. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so when you, when you talk about guys being on the same page, which page? Are we on page one? Are we on page twelve? Are we on page 133? Like, like what are we doing? You know what I'm saying? So, it's hard for guys to find rhythm. It's hard for guys to find a gel um, when you've gone through what this team has gone through. Um, so, if you're going into this offseason and your mindset is not where is the best offensive line 
what is the best scheme? Like, how can we put these guys in the best position to be successful? Because then you can put anybody back there. And and it's going to be up to that person that's back there to make the decision. Get rid of the ball one time. You can we can start we can start critiquing other things, right? Hit the hole. <laughs> like, like, but right for right now, there's none of that. No. So, it all starts with the O line. Yeah. It you all can't. starts with the offensive line. I don't I don't want to hear anything about getting a receiver until right. the offensive line is fixed. I understand right. there are some serious issues in that receiver room, but yeah. you can't do anything unless he is protected. So that's the yeah. first priority. Second of all, I do want to mention, though, because this is going to be an episode full of negatives. Let's praise Derek Brown for a second. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. This yes. man is playing his arse off. He should, he should be in a Pro Bowl. Or not the Pro Bowl. All oh, Pro Bowl. Derek Brown, make Derek Brown go both ways, man. Play, yeah. have him Look him along. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see what he does at left tackle. They start yeah. tossing people out the club. That's so, um. Something that made me sad. We've got to tell them why you're mad. I don't have a tell them why you're sad, but I saw last night a poll somebody put up on Twitter. Which line is better, the Alabama off, or which one line would you rather have, the Alabama offensive line or the Carolina offensive line? And I was like, that's yeah. not fair. These are pros. That's like, not, come yeah, on, listen, man. These are pro fat. Listen, I don't I care. Clicked, what anybody I clicked says. Panthers and it was like 33%. <laughs> like those Alabama lines, 70%. No, listen, I was like, wow. No, I don't <laughs> care who you is. There's no college <laughs> offensive line out there that's better no. than a professional offensive line. I always laugh at that um, conversation. Like, and the worst NFL team. <laughs> I will say this we sit here and we're saying, fix the offensive line, fix the offensive line. We don't even know what that looks like. Right. It may be getting more players. It may just be getting the right scheme. It legitimately might be that. Like, hey, look at what you have. Heal up this offseason. And you bring somebody in here that says, hey, we're going to do things this way. This is the Panther way. Offensive line, this is the Panther way. You protect. <sighs> And you and you make sure that you protect the quarterback and you make way for runners to run. Because I'm gonna sit here and say this with Icky. He's had a, a down year, but I'm not gonna go out there and say there's a five, like 20 offensive linemen that's better than him. You know what I'm saying? That's out there just sitting. On the couch, oh, somewhere. yeah, like at home or you whatever. Know what I'm saying? So, street. like, <laughs> well, yeah. So, as far as you know, finding a replacement and jumping to that conclusion and all those things, I mean, we've seen what he can do. He's he has the talent. It's, it's somewhere along the way, the communication, the dialogue, the scheme has gotten in the way, and there's the the identity of what we're trying to accomplish. It, it's it's been missed. And and I think, and I think that is a lot that needs to be talked about going into this offseason rather than making ration, you know, irrational decisions uh, on players, um, and 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 having irrational expectations as well. He and just so, doesn't look like somebody that's sure of himself. You know what I mean? Like right. second guessing everything. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know the twist game, the stunts. Like he's getting beat on basic stuff. Like yeah, and it's not that he can't do it. We've seen yeah. him do it. It's just mm -hmm. a level of trust, I think, too, with the rotating guys at left guard 
and then maybe the trust in the system. Because like we've said many, many times on here, you go back and watch the first four or five games of last year when Matt Rule was still here and they went spread offense. He struggled. Now, granted, it was his first few games and he was going up against the Miles Garrett's and Kayvon Thibodeau to the world. It wasn't an easy start. But then when they transferred over or transitioned over to that downhill run-heavy attack, you saw it kind of come together. And then right. you go Perfect. back to this offense, which is similar to what they did in the first four weeks last year, and it's been nothing but struggles. I think yeah. it's a very big part of scheme. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a huge part of the scheme. If you think about it, think about you know you hear the the rumblings of, you know the offensive line coach getting upset and whatnot on the sideline. I've seen offensive line coaches like go to back for their guys. That was a situation where the coach feels like he's a little bit like, hey, look, <laughs> I'm tr- we're trying our best in this scheme. We're trying to do all that we can. It's not just all on us. Even though it starts, it's it's like a double-edged sword, right? In order for the train to move, you got to have the tracks laid down, right? The offensive right. line is exactly that. And so it's hard to say that, you know, you could, not to put it all on the offensive line when you're getting blown up in the backfield <laughs> because we're not seeing the tracks laid down. And basically... They running on the run. They, they running on the wrong tracks. The same. Uh, it's not built for them. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, that's what I said. I'll give a shout out to Bryce because uh, at this point of the season, if I was Bryce Young, my immediate reaction whenever I take a snap, whether it's shotgun under center, wildcat, whatever, I'm immediately looking to, <laughs> I'm looking to my <laughs> left as soon as I get it. I'm like, y'all good over there? What's going on? <laughs> What's happening? Like, I need to know because there's been so many times where he doesn't look that way because he just has his blind trust in Icky and Icky lets him down. Like, it's always like a one on one, one of those sacks on Sunday. That was scary. Adam Solo, oh, yeah, the yeah. one that where well, the dude got hit in the back. I was, I, I was like, man, that's it. That's it. Like we, we went back and forth on should we sit him? Should we not sit him? Damn it. That's it. That, that they just showed us both sides. Yeah, they <laughs> and he just kind of crumbled. But to his credit, he got right back. Well, he went to the tent, went right back in the game, didn't miss a snap. I'm like, yeah. Bryce Young crazy. <laughs> Bryce Young is crazy. Like he's still no, going out and a lot of bullets. Yeah. <laughs> he is nuts. So <laughs> I appreciate the kid for doing that. And yeah, Hunter, uh, I, I wanted to talk about how tough Bryce was. Bryce has took over 58 sacks this year with a game to go. Um, so I'm curious if they trot him out there Sunday at this point uh, after what happened last week. Um, and I let all I know play. is ba- Baker Maybay, he, he about to come out here and call for Mayday, boy. He's <laughs> <laughs> gotten out of hand. He's gotten out of hand. And and then listen, plus, I just want y'all to know, Baker Mayfield <laughs> asked to be let go last year. Like, hey, let, let me out of here. Yeah, let me leave. Like, and he is in a situation right now, like where he's about to go to the playoffs. Totally if, different player. If, if, if totally if different we, player from what we saw last year. And, and credit to him for you know betting on himself. Really, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, you got a, a shot to go to the playoffs and win the division. Win the division, fellas. You can't let that happen. As a Panther, you cannot let that happen. As a Panther, if you go into this game Sunday with nothing to play for, you got to find it within yourself 
to ruin the Tampa Bay Buccaneers day and season. So Man, you know you, you know how it feels. You just did it let it be on your watch. I um I'm gonna pull up the real quick the standings. Um for those who don't know, uh and that's it. You know what? Just looking at this. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we messed. I'm gonna tell you why we messed. We're going to the last week of the season. Tampa and New Orleans are tied at the top of the division at eight and eight. Like yeah. Atlanta's seven and nine. And we're the reason why they're seven and nine. This this division it's so win- it was the most winnable division in all of football. Not well, maybe they have South. bunch. And of everyone runs. said that in the very beginning of the season, right? Like it's a very winnable very winnable division. But division. I mean, not to this. I mean, I didn't expect it to be like I thought one team would pull away from everybody, but it's just the division of just mediocrity. Like everybody's just like right here, but we're like right here. <laughs> so yeah. like it's like that. I think that's why me, I'm mad. You want me to give you the brutal, honest truth right now? The Panthers. As bad as it seems right now, they're they're still at least three years away. I hate oh, yeah. to say it. But I mean, when you we don't know. have a first round pick, oh I'm not saying one player. I just want y'all to know when Skyler starts talking like this, that better listen. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's impeccable. Like usually it's usually months ahead. Pessimist, <laughs> pessimist <laughs> vibes. It's months ahead of whatever's <laughs> gonna happen. Listen to him because whatever he's about to say. It's gonna happen probably the next three or four months. We're gonna be like, "Where did we hear that from?" Oh, it was on Believing Panthers. Skylar Callahan said it, and we didn't want to believe him because it was all negative. But we're here. I mean, <laughs> this is the dark times. Like we're here. We're in. It's, it. it's the truth. Like they are so far behind the eight ball in this thing because you don't have a number one pick. And again, like I said, one guy's not going to change the course of this thing, but it would definitely help. And when you don't have especially first round pick, yeah, especially right. This year. Right. And when you have the the amount of question marks on the offensive line, you don't have Brian Burns locked up yet. You don't have Frankie Louvu locked up yet. J.C. Horn still cannot stay healthy. There's a – I almost said a bad word there, but there are so many <laughs> question marks with this team. The depth, which I talked about all the way back in, what, last April or May yep. or June, yep. is still an issue. It's going to be an issue for the next two years until the new staff comes in and gets their their depth built up through the draft. You don't have an absurd amount of draft picks this year. You don't really have a great amount of draft capital the following year. It's going to be a process. And before you really start competing for division titles, you have to be competitive. And right now the Panthers are still a year away from even being competitive, maybe two years away. So it's Let's a three year free agency. Talk about free agency right now, too, right? Yeah. Matter of fact, let me go try to pull up. If you're a free agent and you have a place to go, do you want to come to the Carolina Panthers? Right. What, right. What's even appealing about that right now? Especially after what happened on Sunday uh, at the end of the game. I'm not going to show the video because all of us have seen it enough. If you haven't seen it, go to Believe in Panthers Twitter account. It's, it's I'll there. reenact it for you. It's got to reenact it. For me, yeah. it was the cut flip. Like the cut flip, the the, of it, like like he had, like he had just splashed the Steph Curry thirty five footer, like he literally just and like walked off, and and then it's the it's the non reaction from Scott Fitter, who we're supposed to have on trial today. He but doesn't even work. Doesn't he's even just staring straight down at the fan. Right ahead, like and to Never me, that told me that told me that is not the first time he has seen that behavior. Like he, that or, is not that is not abnormal. Like, Scott was Scott was focused, man. 
Uh, <laughs> not it. I didn't see it. Like, I did not see it. I did not see this, it. This is not good for me. This is he didn't even he like. He didn't even like look. You know, normally if something like that happens, you're gonna kind of look at the person that threw it, right? You're gonna, especially the right beside you. Like, you like, go. Whoa, what's going on? Yeah, what's, what's happening? But there's no audio, so you can't really. You can kind of decipher sort of what's going on. Like, it doesn't look like. And I saw a little bit more of that video last night that I didn't see at the beginning and the end of it. I didn't realize the, the Jaguars fan, and it is a Jaguars fan. I thought it was a Panthers fan, but it was an old Jaguars jersey that he's wearing. He's not even facing the booth. Like, he's looking out at the field. Like, and I guess they can overhear him through the window because you can hear, you can see Scott Fitterer standing there looking out the window and he's nodding at something like he can hear something or somebody's you talking can see to his him. mouth move too. Scott said yeah. something, but it was like in a very calm manner. Right. Like, and, and then all of a sudden, Tepper just comes out of screen and just yeah. so like clearly he was close enough to hear what was going on, but he wasn't on. And another thing too, the fact that whoever in that other booth decided to tape what was going on tells me that had been going on for a little bit before they decide to tape. Like you don't just nah, pull out or, or they were provoking the situation. Yeah, yeah something was going on where somebody was like, "Let me pull out this phone, whatever's going." Make it worse. So because of that, now I was defending it like. People were like, why would anybody come and coach the Carolina Panthers right now? I'm like, why wouldn't they? Like, you got guaranteed money sitting here. Even if you only work for a year, you can get paid for four years. Like, that's the best job in sports. Like, come on in here. Come on in here, Charlotte. We'll, we'll treat you right. Now I'm like, did he just mess this up? Like, did he just a mess this up? A week before the search starts. A week before. <laughs> so now it's like, mm, I know Ben Johnson was the hot name everybody was talking about we wanted to go after or whatever. I've been on, on record saying, look, I was rooting for Michigan last night. I'm hoping Harbaugh finishes off on Monday. He can walk off into the sunset, leave Michigan, come to the NFL, and come to Charlotte. But I'm pretty sure him, Ben Johnson, everybody else have seen that now, and they're thinking in their head, "You're not going to come here. <laughs> Do I want to go there and, and deal with that?" There's Plus, too much. There's too much drama. You're going to have to outbid everybody. That's going to have a, a co head coach opening game when Black Chargers, Monday comes. Yeah, oh, when man. Black Monday comes, there's, it's going to be like the Grim Reaper knocking on about eight or nine, ten. Doors and there was only like six openings last year with us being one of them. Yeah. Uh, there was like six this year's gonna be eight or nine, and we had a head start, you know. Like, we we let Frank go early to have a head start in this, and now it's almost like that head start won't, won't, even matter. Matter. won't even matter. And I will, another thing I will say, say why is Fitter still here? Why is he still I will here? say this though, like, I'm not really sure what the Dan Snyder situation was in, in total. Like, oh, what it was like large. in that organization. Yeah. <laughs> that's a deep hole. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, they were able to hire some people. You know what I'm saying? And now, granted, the organization sucked because of him. But, like, and, and just all the, the the inside stories that came out about, you know, what transpired with him and understanding the toxicity of that whole, or, or whole ordeal. But, you know... There's got to be something to be said about the opportunity that the Carolina Panthers present, right? You can come in here and actually, you know, have a game plan, right? Have, you know, if, if you're a coach that's coming in here, you're going to be a coach that is confident and knows what the hell he's doing, basically. You have to be one of those coaches. You can't be someone that, you know – is unsure not like naive timid naive people you, you need somebody but, that, but but all the good coaches are good coaches because they're not naive they're very sure they know what they want they know and trust their system 
and they know how to hire people. They know how to staff. They know, you know, the ins and outs of people and how to delegate people and to, you know, put confidence into people. So you can say all day, like, who's going to want to come here to coach? I'm talking about these players. Who's want to come? Who's going to want to come here and play? We haven't. And so because if you look at the track record for the last, you know, six years, five years, you know, if I'm a player, does this team have an op- opportunity to legitimately go to the playoffs next year? If I'm a vet, I'm not trying to go to a team that doesn't have a shot at playoff contention. It, that's so, going to on that coach. Because look at the players that came this year. They came because of Frank Wright, right? So right. It, those vets came because they believe in his vision. And you saw the, the, the Panthers just break Frank Wright down, like to the point where – I mean, all of his hair was gray. And whoever the new coach older. is has to bring a culture, an identity. identity. And they have to have that alpha presence. They don't have any of those alpha. three. There's only one or two out there. Harbaugh, right? Like, there's, I mean, how many actually fit that description? Because as much yeah. as I like the idea of Ben Johnson, you kind of were doing it. It was like a package deal. People were like, let's get Ben Johnson, but keep Evero as the defensive coordinator and go from there. And I'm like, you still kind of have the same problem. Like if you do that, it's not one have voice. The second he steps in that building, he demands attention and respect. And that's going to it's it's not going to work. That's going to require restraint on Tepper's part, which I, at this point, I don't know if that exists in terms of him being able to stay out of it. And I've always been one of the ones people are like, oh, he's tinkering too much, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it's his team. He can do whatever he wants. If he wants to be out there on the practice field watching every day, fine. If he wants to talk to the individual coaches and be involved in the process, fine. Some some owners don't do that at all. Some owners just kind of put people in between themselves and the football operations, and they don't really touch any of it until they're able to stand on stage with a trophy. And that's fine, too. So I've never been one to be like to tell a man that owns a business, you're doing too much with your business. Like, it shows I, I, he cares. You know, yeah, it shows he cares. That, I mean, clearly cares. He wants to win. Yeah. Like, that's not a question. But – some like I feel like you were talking earlier about the limited number of picks we're going to have. I feel like that's going to be the result of what happened Sunday. I think they're going to take draft picks. Like they're going to end up taking draft picks from us from what happened. Because what? How else can you hurt him? You can't find him. I mean, you can't out, you can't find him an outlandish amount. The owners will they could fight back maybe, but I don't really know what all that would look like. I mean, these kinds of things don't really pop up all that often. I think I saw uh, the Titans owner at the well. It was a Bud Walton or whoever it was. He did like yeah. a, a double middle finger salute to a fan a couple of years back, and uh, I think they took a draft pick away and and fined him two hundred fifty thousand dollars or something like that. Now yeah. that's just you know giving the middle finger to somebody. That's not assault. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's not something where the police have to really get involved. So I'm not really sure. And again, it's ten fifty one a.m. I haven't checked Twitter while we've been on. I haven't seen anything from the NFL or the the Panthers team, the organization addressing this. And as we get further and further away from Sunday, it's making me feel like they're not going to address it and they're just going to get to the end of the season and just go from there. But that can't be, you can't do that. Like you can't set that precedent of just not doing anything where the owners can do whatever they want. He Tepper seems to not fully grasp the idea that, and I speak of this being the fan on this panel, Fans take ownership in their teams. Like fans feel like they are a part of the team. They buy tickets, they buy merchandise, they they go to the games, they they defend them in public. Like the fans feel like they're part owners too. 
And you can't look at it like I'm the owner, you're the fan, I'm the king, you're the peasant. Like what whatever I do is cool. I, you guys are in your basements talking junk about the Panthers all week. Like you can't do it that way. Like you're alienating the fan base and you're not even trying to, but you're doing it. And I don't know this this might be the first week ever. I've been a Panther fan since day one, since '95, and this is probably the first week where I don't want to wear a Panthers hoodie this week. Like I, I just I don't feel like, you know what I mean? Like I don't feel like representing them this week. I don't feel like they deserve me representing them from what happened on the field and what happened in the stands with the owner. You're a reflection of the fan base. Like when you do stuff like that, and that's that's why Jerry Richardson was so quick to be kicked out of here because you're you're starting to affect the shield, and that's what I'm wondering with the NFL. Do they feel like what he did Sunday affects the shield? Because if they feel that way, that's a different type of reaction from the rest of the owners than if they feel like it's just a one-off and nothing's going to come of this. Because I didn't even see a whole lot of it on national media on Monday. Granted, it was New Year's Day. College football playoffs are going on. Uh, you had all these sport things going on. I didn't see a whole lot. I saw Skip Bayless talk about it a little bit on Undisputed. Uh, the first take crew's off, so I, I haven't seen them talk about it at all. Maybe, maybe they talked about it today. I just haven't seen it. But it just – it all adds up to a situation where we went back to the beginning of the show about the offensive line. It's impossible for us to know what scheme for the offensive line will be because we don't know who the coach is going to be. We don't know what their philosophy is going to be. Are they going to be a defensive minded guy, offensive minded guy? Are we running downhill? Are we spread? What are we doing? Like, so we don't know. And because of that, you can't attract free agents. So it's all running around in a circle and I don't know how you get out of it. I think the only people that are happy with what's going on here our Chicago Bears fans, because they told us in the, the preseason that we sucked. And we were yeah, like, nah. <laughs> like, well, nah, we're good, bro. We're going to win the division. They're going to end up with DJ Moore on one side, Marvin Harrison Jr. on the other side, Justin Fields as quarterback. They got two starters out of that trade uh, with the other picks that they got from us that are playing right now on their defense, if I'm not mistaken. And they're going to be in a position to win their division next year. Because of us, we did it. <laughs> like almost all of it is us. We did it. So this is this is new territory, man. Like I can't remember feeling like this as a Panther fan. What makes it worse is like, like I said with the the three year thing. What have we seen in the last four or five years, or even really this year, that makes you say, you know what? They're only a few things away. This I thing like is so Matt Rule. I haven't felt like that since Matt Rule. When Matt Rule was here, I was always like, we're a couple things away, but he's we have pieces. And he inherited pieces. He inherited more. He inherited, he inherited the biggest piece you still don't have a long-term deal with. Yeah. So it's that's what I'm saying. Like if, if something happens to where these two can't agree to terms and Burns walks away scotch free. Man, oh like, my gosh, man. like when you could have got two first and third for him, two somewhere and ball out. We're gonna be mad <laughs> when that, that meme of the kids just like punching well, the air. <laughs> if you're Burns, like we just talked about, players want to play here. Why would you want to play here if you're Brian Burns? He did say, well, this was before Sunday, he did say that he hates change I mean, and you know, that kind of stuff. So he kind of indicated he wouldn't mind staying here, but. Losing has got to wear on you after a while. This will be a straight losing season. Burns leaves. You got to think about some of the other guys on that side of the ball, like Frankie Louvu. If Burns isn't here, does Frankie want to be here? Does Dante want to be here long term? Does Shaq want to be here long term? Does Derek Brown Brown want to be here long term? Man, what's going to happen is things are just going to get expensive, right? Like guys will demand, you know, certain pay or whatnot. And 
in, in their abilities and efforts on the field. Um, but man, it, it's a tough it's a tough deal all the way around, and they got to figure it out this off season. They got to figure out who they're going to coach, who who's who's going to be the coach. Um, and like you guys said, you know your key guys, you got to figure out that nucleus. Um, if you don't have that nucleus going into the off season, it's going to be hard to get guys here. Uh, and then, you know, with Tep, man, like, man, he's a human. Let's not forget. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody's he, he emotional. Like, it's a long year. He's a human being. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure right now he's thinking to himself, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Just like a lot of guys have done in professional sports. We've seen it throughout the course of history where, you know, right now we're looking at, you know, an owner and saying to ourselves, oh, he shouldn't have the audacity. Well, there's a lot of times where players shouldn't have the audacity. There's a lot of times where fans definitely don't have the audacity. Yo, it's 2024. But, there's, everybody's know, got a camera. Yeah. Everybody's got a I camera. I mean, everybody's got a camera now, so there ain't no telling what we missed over time. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, like – Jerry Jones back when in, like, it, when it comes to <laughs> When it comes to, you know, emotions, you know, like we're not robots. And this is a reminder at the end of the day that you know, everyone's human. It doesn't give you um, the right um, to act out and, and to carry on in the public in, cert- in certain matters. Um, because to whom much is given, much is required, right? So um, I think, you know, we're all, you know, anyone that's a grown up understands that. And I think you should be able to understand too that, you know, these players, coaches, owners invested, you know, day in and day out, you know, trying to protect the shield, trying to put on, you know, a show, you know, entertainment for fans and, um, understanding the expectations and the demands on, you know, certain outcomes. And for the Panthers this year, the outcomes haven't been great. But I think this is a good reminder going into the new year, 2024. We're going to have to find some grace because if not, it's going to be a long road. It's, man, we already we already on that long road because this is this has been ongoing for six years. <laughs> like I've, some people, I think they perish. They think we parachuted into mediocrity. We've been here, like, and we've been denying it for a while. And now I'm like, yeah. And apparently, I, to Skyler, we got three more years. So it's yeah, be and I believe him. <laughs> I completely believe him. I will say this though: I don't think David Tepper regrets what he did because of that cut flip. That cut flip at the end. That was the. That was the chef's kiss on on <laughs> on him throwing it. That was uh, uh like yeah, I did it. Yeah, it was me. I threw it, and then he gets out of screen. <laughs> so I'm like, what is happening to my team? I've never seen this happen before in any sport. I couldn't think of anything else close to this yeah. in terms of an owner fan interaction. And it's crazy because I was seeing clips before that at the beginning of the game where Tepper's on the field. And there's Sign a fan. An yeah, there's a fan in the crowd, like two and which he does about every game. Yeah, and he does about every game. Went over, talked to him, saw an autograph, did the owner thing, and I'm like, yeah, that's you're getting it. Like this dude is stuck out the whole season. He knows it's been a bad season. You know it's been a bad season. And you're going over to acknowledge that he's this is in Jacksonville, and like he went over, talked to him, signed his jersey, and everything. Three and a half hours later, 
no one's gonna remember that. <laughs> like all that's don't even worry about that. That's not even yeah. the, the story. So and that's the sad reality. Is yeah, ain't nobody gonna remember the good. They're gonna no. remember that bad. <laughs> so I will. Uh, Willie Smith, uh, super fan for believing Panthers, says in my mind, Harbaugh. If you have a staff member stealing signs as the head coach, he is responsible, and to me, it reflects on his character. I.e., Sean Payton and Bounty Gate, hard known Harbaugh. Stealing signs is a little bit different than uh, paying out money to hurt players. Yeah. <laughs> so like I. Everybody. And it, Everybody pretty much does it. We, yeah, we've addressed it here. Pretty much everybody does it, Willie. We're not saying it's okay, but everybody does it. So it's not the same level of cheating as – I don't even think and if you're not it. cheating, you're not trying. <laughs> but look, Bounty Gate was a whole different thing. Like, they're like, yo, $10,000 yeah, you put Brett Favre on the bench. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's a whole other uh, area. Uh, too bad Tepper has bad history with Tomlin because Mike would be a perfect fit here. I was thinking about that too. Uh, if If – the Steelers, yeah, the Steelers let Tomlin go, man. It's gonna be a sad day. He's gonna get hired before he leaves the parking lot. Like someone go, hey, yeah. <laughs> we just heard the terrible news. Why don't you come interview man. for? And that's what we need. Pay. I would. I would overpay through the roof for Tomlin, boy. Man, you remember back in the, the good old days when like we would be complaining about going seven and nine with Ron Rivera and like, oh, what's this? Oh, well, we're eight and eight. The, the good old days when we were competitive and <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean. Had a shot like every year. This. If Tomlin comes, we'd get a little of that. Now I have Steeler yeah. friends, and they're up, they're upset with him. Like they're like, I've had enough of Mike Tomlin. I'm like, boy, y'all don't even know how good you got it. Well, I mean, <laughs> basically, because their offensive woes have suffered through the identity of the team, right? The yeah. De- the the I- identity of the team is defense oriented, which is the reason why everyone's so high on offensive minded coaches, because that's how you win games these days by scoring points. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know. Who's the dark horse right now for the coach? For our coach? No, the dark the dark horse in this whole NFL season. Oh, playoffs, uh, Super Bowl. Hmm. Buffalo's looking pretty good right now at the moment. Um, I, you know, it's funny. I know they won uh, the other day, but Kansas City. Something's wrong with Kansas City. Like yeah, they, uh, they ain't. Yeah, I ain't, all, I ain't gonna write them off. They yeah, me either. I learned my lesson. Like I, a little bit to me. Now they're gonna have to go on the road. I didn't realize they hadn't they haven't won any uh they haven't played any road playoff games since Pat Mahomes became the starter. They've all been at Arrowhead. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna see. Yeah, we're gonna find out. Um in the <laughs> but, NFC, I don't know if there is any surprises in the NFC. Uh the Eagles have kind of fallen back to earth a little bit. I think the 49ers are the best. I wouldn't say Dallas is a dark horse. They can't win on the road. I I don't know. The NFC seems kind of like weak sauce to me. Like I'm trying to figure out. I'm gonna give you it here hmm. right now. You ready? Yeah. The Los Angeles Rams. Oh, I forgot about them. Yeah, they're playing pretty well. Man, listen, that running back. Oh, uh, Eckler. Yeah. No, the Rams. Oh, no, they got rid not of the Chargers. The Los Angeles Rams. Mm. Um, what's his name? Uh, what's his Kyron Kyron Williams? Oh, I'll go look it up. But yeah, um, and then Puka, they got the Puka, Puka Nakua, the yeah, Puka Nakua, the receiver, and and obviously got Coop. Yep. But right now they're playing on cylinders, boy. That I don't really see how they don't win playoff games. Yeah, you know, it's all about peaking, right? It's all and about it's... when when are you going to peak? And I don't feel like they really peaked yet. And they're not scared of the 49ers. That's a division rival. Like, oh, yeah. Don't care. I mean, right now you got you got Purdy hurt. Um, mm. 
you know, with his shoulder. Ain't no really telling kind of how that's going to fan out. Um, but, man, like, the Rams, and I'm going to give you another one. And the Cleveland Browns. Yo, their defense. Joe, Joe yeah. Flacco. Yeah, what is, what is Flacco? What is he, 38? Like, he just got Joe off the Flacco. <laughs> yeah, Joe Flacco just came out of nowhere. <laughs> just Hooper. said, like, oh, yeah, I'll put on a helmet. I guess I'll come play quarterback. Oh, I guess I'll throw. I know the <laughs> offense a little bit. Oh, yeah, I'll just I'll throw a couple of touchdowns a game. That's it? All right. <laughs> I got the number one defense or number two defense in all of football behind me. Yeah, I got some running backs, a line. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Flacco, like, we Say can do no this. <laughs> we Say can no do this more. now. <laughs> so it's very interesting, man, like. Just Man. how much of a difference, um, you know, a, a player makes, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, we've always said one player don't make a difference in the NFL, but I, I one say, player can I, turn. I say Joe Flacco, and I say mm-hmm. for the the Rams, it's Kyron Williams. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, um, is it Kyron or Kieran? I think it's I Kieran. Know. I think it's Kieran. Williams. As soon as you said Williams. it, I was like, okay, yeah, that's him. See, and, and I've yeah. seen that comparison too. And I think I put it up on Twitter where uh, the Rams haven't had a first round pick in like four years or something like that. So people were like using it to equate it to us. Like there's still hope, you know, they haven't had a first round pick. Look at them. I'm like, yeah, but they, they had got, everything already. They some dogs in those <laughs> yeah, they already picks, had a Super Bowl <laughs> team. Like that's why they don't have any first round picks because they went for it. And yeah. now they got a Sean McVay at head coach too. Like that, I mean, you've got to. When you have a young guy like that, like a McVay or a Mike McDaniels in Miami or uh, Kyle Shanahan, if it's an offensive minded guy, cool. If he knows his system and he believes in his system and gets his players to play for his system, that's different. Now, yeah. me personally, I'd rather have a defensive minded head coach and you go find a, a, a offensive coordinator. But to the point that we made week before, you're only going to have yeah. an offensive coordinator for like a year and a half and he's going to be out the door for a head coaching job. So you almost kind of yeah. have to look at it from the offensive side. And I think that's where the issue is going to be with us because our talents on the defensive side, like in terms of what we can retain, like, and that's the mistake to me uh, that what they should have did in hindsight was build the defense and keep the pieces we had on offense until we were in a position to get a quarterback. They press fast forward and that's, and they did it and got rid of players to get the quarterback. And now you're in a part where you might lose pieces of your defense because of the results on the field from you losing everybody on offense to get that quarterback. So now the quarterback looks bad as a result because there's nobody to throw to or hand it off to. The offensive line looks bad because you're not you know, moving the ball or whatever. It all goes hand in hand. The defense is just tired at this point. Week 16, week 17. Yeah, defense is tired. That's what I saw this past game. They were wore out. Like, yeah. They're tired. And the, and the Jaguars got something to play for. Yeah, the Jaguars <laughs> so, trying to win a division. So, I mean, it's a like, whole different mentality. Um, we were going to do trial of Scott Fitter today. Skyler had to step out. He had a uh, Sports Illustrated meeting he had to get to. Uh, we'll save the Scott Fitter things. We'll have an offseason for that. Uh, matter of fact, by the time we get to this point next week, Scott Fitter might even be here. So we'll, we'll – I don't know. I've said I think he's going to stay, <laughs> to be honest, because he's still I think, here. I think he's good. I think yeah. everyone's jumping the gun and I think they want trying him. to find the blame. And I think like that's basically it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, with a season like this, you want to figure out who can I blame for all this. And Who's the response? answer is you won't know until you know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we won't know until next year, two years. Like, oh, I guess that person – that got cut or that person that got fired was the reason. Like, you won't know until you know. And I think, too, like, everyone that thought that things were going to th- things were gonna change when Frank Wright got fired, no, that was just part of the process. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't a, a system or a, a decision made to say like, well, if we get rid of him, then It'll get better. this is going to change everything. <laughs> no, this is part of the process of implementing a new staff next year. I hope that they make a movie or something out of this season, like 10 years, 15 years down the road. And like, we get to see behind the scenes what happened and, uh, Oh, Kevin Costner's playing Frank Wright or something, and <laughs> we can see this drama. Because I feel like there's so much left out that we just don't know. Because some of it don't make any sense. Like, why would you do this then? Why didn't you do that then when you did that? Like, there's parts that are holding back from the media where we don't know exactly what the plan is. And that's the frustration with the media that I talk to in North Carolina, uh, whether it's Joe Person or Jim Zoki or whoever, where it's like, we've always known as a franchise where we were like where we're going or where we're at and we know where we're at but we don't know where we're going like how we're going to get out of it and i don't think that the fan base is comfortable with that they don't want to abandon the team but the apathy level is the highest i've ever seen it in terms of i'm not going to waste my sunday watching this because of what i'm seeing on the field and that's just the production of the entire year here towards the end. I know some of that will go away, new season, off season, excitement comes back at zero and zero, all that good stuff. But they got to nail this head coach and hire. And if Fitter is going to be here, that means he's going to be a part of the process again to hire. And I wouldn't be stuck on offense, offense, offense. Because like we all said, you got to fix things on the offense where you can do anything regardless of who the coach is. I would focus on who are my best players on this roster? Derek uh, Brown, Brian Burns, Frankie Louvu, maybe J.C. Horn. They're all defense. Lock up your defense so you have that and start putting some pieces together with what you have draft-wise for your offense. You already have your quarterback. You've got a couple years to figure this out while he's on a rookie deal. If it takes three years, like Skyler said, to get this together, then drafting Bryce was pointless because at that point, he's going to be up for his extension. And at that point, you're, you're either giving him a bunch of money or you're letting him go. And so what did you just do for three or four years? Like, you've got to get this right, this 12, 18-month window right now like you have to get yeah. this right if you don't get it right i yeah. i mean you need a culture guy for sure you need a culture guy you need a, you need a culture guy um it only not to be that, panthers that, culture it just needs to be a culture that can be adapted within the panthers yeah jim harbaugh. it just needs to be football winning culture jim harbaugh like i did not think michigan was going to lose that football game at any time uh, which was a great game, by the way. I don't know if you yeah, watched that was a or not. wonderful game. Yeah, I mean, good football. Dude, both games were great. Yeah, I fell asleep in the Washington How game. How about that? So the U- yeah. so University of Washington, the last time they won a, a championship was 91. against Michigan. Yeah, 91. 91. And what a way to send off, you know, into the Big Ten next year. <laughs> the Pac-12, Leaving man. the Pac-12. <laughs> the Pac-12. Going to... So it's going to be like, hey, Michigan and Big Ten, this is like, you know, the future. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we'll, be doing this more, we'll be doing this more often. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We're going to have so USC like, and UCLA and SEC. Oh, oh no. If you the, think about it, bro, like, think about this. Michigan, UW, Oregon, this could be a new thing. It yeah. could be almost kind of like the SEC. I like think in the so. sense of like, you know, you have those big powerhouse you know, names and contention. UCLA and USC are going to the Big Ten too, right? Yeah. What in the world? <laughs> it's like the Big Ten, it just literally like just picked out states that weren't in. Like 
across the whole map and we're like, oh, California, we're not in there. Let's just grab those. Oh, the Northwest, let's just grab Oregon, you know, grab Washington and get that Nike money. All that. Let's get all that over here. What else do we yeah, have? <laughs> we have Oregon, SC, UW, UCLA. Do they got like 18 teams? One, 20? two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eight, eighteen teams. Eighteen teams. And the SEC 18. will be at sixteen teams because they're bringing in Oklahoma and Texas. Uh yeah. wow. So UW plays Michigan next year. We play Michigan next year. Or the Oregon Ducks play Michigan crazy next games. Year. And for those that are wondering why the ACC doesn't make the same amount of money as the SEC or Big Ten, this little two-minute conversation part of this podcast, that's why. <laughs> they, don't, they don't have that. Like, they got Florida State and Clemson, and that's it. Like, that's it. They, don't, they don't have yeah, the that's all, folks. brand name. Yeah. So when people are like, oh, the ACC messed up. They didn't get the same amount of money. They weren't going to. <laughs> They're not yeah. the same thing. They don't attract the same eyeballs. So that conversation is weird to me. Uh, and Florida Man, State, I don't know what happened to y'all. Next year. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be wild getting out of the Big Ten and the SEC with Texas going in there. You I got have to figure out. I'm gonna figure out how to get into this big this Big Ten conference media schedule here. Oh, yeah, that's gonna be all awesome. hey. So uh, the national championship set: Michigan, Washington. I've been on the record. I think they've been the two best teams all year. The only two undefeated yeah. teams that got in the playoff. It kind of fitting that at the end of the season we get there. Can Harbaugh finish the story? Can he? He's done everything he wanted to do at Michigan except win a national championship for the Wolverines. Can he finish that off, or will this, this young coach from Washington come in here and, and win an actual championship? So that's next. I think week. either way, it's it's going to be sweet for the Big Ten. Oh um, yeah, they've already won. Hey, come to the Big Ten if you want to be a if you want to be a champion. <laughs> at all. That's me. Hey, if you don't want them all dancing in your videos like that, yeah, you don't want to dance in videos and doing all this other stuff. You want to make some money, yeah. Come to the Big Man, so we'll find out from that at this point next week. We're gonna stop it right here. Uh, we'll find out at this point next week. The season, the regular season will be over. Uh, we will have gone through Black Monday. So we'll find out how many teams have openings. We'll find out how many GM openings there are. We'll find out if we have one here. Uh, we'll we'll know who the national champion is by the time we come back next week because they'll play on Monday night. We'll be on Tuesday. So we got a lot of different things for you for next week. The regular season's over, but we ain't going anywhere. Of course, you know, we'll, we're kind of used to it at this point. We'll keep you around during the playoffs and give you our opinions on the playoff matchups or whatnot. And, of course, there's going to be Panther front office things going on once we get to Monday of next week that we'll have to keep you abreast on. There's the draft. There's the offseason, the coaching search, all this stuff that hopefully they'll have kind of put together before we get to the Super Bowl in February. So uh, still got a little ways to go here. We've got one game left to go in the regular season. Just buckle up and hopefully the Panthers can put on a good performance uh, for those that do appear at Bank of America Stadium uh, for the last game of the year against a division rival in Tampa who was actually playing for the NFC South. So we kind of got a little bit to play for, too. We can ruin Tampa's whole thing uh, by winning that football game because I don't think it's guaranteed they get in as a wild card uh, if they whoever loses on uh, Sunday. So we'll get to all that more next week. Uh, against Scott Carolina had a bounce a little bit early, had a uh, SI uh, meeting he needed to get to. But for Jonathan Stewart, and for myself, Desmond Johnson, you've been watching and listening to the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast on Believe Podcast Networks, brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. Keep pounding. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.